Screw it, we're just going to talk about comics, and I mean comic books when I say the word comics. This is the podcast where two brothers and comedians discuss the comics they grew up loving and still love to this day and make some jokes about it. I'm one of those brothers, Kevin Hines. I'm the other brother. My name is, uh, oh gosh, I forgot, Will Hines. Glad you remembered. Uh, yeah. We didn't have time in this podcast to remember your name. This is a packed episode no, this is a jam-packed episode yeah uh this is season four we were discussing justice league international uh we've been discussing the main title for the last 12 episodes and today we're jumping forward uh in time and in issues to the first issue of justice league europe which is a spinoff title yes and you are very excited because you have the hot hot take that this That's is right. a better comic than justice league international yeah, I think so. I feel pretty strongly yeah. about it, and I can discuss some of those opinions today or in future episodes. Uh, some of them I've already discussed, but I will repeat them ad nauseum. I say you shouldn't uh, hold yeah. back. Well, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. What if, um, what if Blue Beetle's listening to this podcast? He'd probably agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And he's, uh, I think he's alive currently in the DC universe. He was dead for a while, though. He might just be happy to be alive. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So this is uh, Justice League International, which is kind of the, the blanket term for both titles, as well as the title of one of them, is uh, sort of a relaunching of Justice League under the brain of Keith Giffen, the dialogue of James DeMattis, and for Justice League International, the penciling of Kevin Maguire, was a bunch of B and C and D listers, and this Justice League book became popular somehow. Yeah. Uh, popular enough to have uh, a spinoff title. Later on, it would have a quarterly comic that also came out with it. Um, even after Giffen left, I think it kept spinning off more titles. There was like Justice League Task Force, Extreme Justice League. At some point, came out, really? and that I think was when it uh, ended. <laughs> the whole thing sort of What's collapsed. The quarterly stuff. I don't remember that. Justice League Quarterly. Um, I don't know when it starts. It starts pretty late into it because I think by the issue three or four, Giffen and DeMatteis are off the title. But the first issue of the Justice League Quarterly, uh, at some point, Booster Gold quits Justice League International and forms his own team called The Conglomerate. And they are launched in Justice League Quarterly 1. All right, cool. Um, and... Uh, you know, uh, the first issue or two of that just felt like extra Justice League issues. And then after that, it became like, uh, it just felt like filler. Yeah. They kind of had to grind them out. Yeah. Kevin, I have a question. So this is before that. This is before all that, Will. All of your hot takes on Justice League. How many, how many times a day on the street do people come up to you mad that you have put out into public such incendiary opinions about Justice League. I mean, this pandemic is helpful to me because I don't have to go out in the street that often because it's tough for me to walk down the streets of New Jersey. Yeah. The entire state is sort of, people know I'm in the state. They're not sure exactly where and they're flooded out looking for me. Yeah. So luckily I'm home most of the time. So they can't, they haven't found me. They haven't tracked me to my house yet. Um, when they do, it's going to be a problem. Does anybody come up to your front porch, stand six feet away from their front door, strap on a mask and say, come out, you coward. I'm a Justice League International fan and I won't have you saying Justice League Europe is better. I mean, other than you, 
No one has done that. Okay. But I think that I had some good points. Well, I mean, you should have come in. Uh, Cameron would have loved to have seen you. <laughs> you got right back on a plane and flew out. But uh, yeah. I risked my that's, life. That's how it goes. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. Let's, um, I'm excited. And I, I want all your reasons why it's better. I want to know. I've read this sure. issue. I think it's great. Let's, um, let's get into it. So before we get into it, here's... So the last issue was Justice, that we covered was Justice League International 12, oh, right. yeah, which sort of wrapped up Max Lord's story, and he is sort of forgiven for some pretty bad crimes uh, <laughs> and put in charge of the team. Right. Right? That's, uh, and then basically another 12 issues go by, okay. including some annuals. The uh, Suicide Squad crosses over with Justice League and Batman quits. Okay. Um. Then Manga Khan arrives and he is like a space alien who like runs a home shopping network. He like wants to make deals with Earth. Okay. And if Earth doesn't agree to it, he destroys the planet. Okay. Uh, and Manga Khan becomes sort of like the Justice League International villain. Yes. Partially just because this arc is like a year long arc, but okay. he also comes back a few times. He talks to himself and comments about how he's talking to himself. He has a lackey robot named Elron who for a while joins the Justice League. <laughs> um, and he's like very uh, sycophantian. Yeah. He's always just like, yes, you're uh, most majestic. He's a Smithers. Yes. Um, uh, Nort comes to Earth during <laughs> this part. Love it. Fire and Ice join the team. Right. Uh, Mr. Miracle gets abducted by Manga Khan. Huh. And when that happens, the book kind of splits into two storylines. Uh, Bruce Wayne, who I guess comes back or Batman comes back to uh, the team and recruits some of them to go into Bialya to see what's going on there. Okay. Um, and then uh, while that's going on, Barda and some of the more powerful Justice Leaguers are chasing after Manga Khan to get Mr. Miracle back. Uh, Wandy Ninja. Windy Ninja, has yeah. Been re has been resurrected in Bialya. Uh, and has become like some sort of like mutant monster that uh, like attacks uh, Batman, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, and Fighter. Uh, and Ice, I guess, is maybe also there. Yeah. And uh, blows up or something. While that's happening, uh, we don't know this till right around now, but Blue Beetle and Booster Gold also get like Manchurian candidated. They get hypnotized and become <laughs> like sleeper agents. Okay. Jeez, that sucks. Manga Khan hires Lobo. Uh, who's like a, at this point was not a well-known character, but is basically, um, a like bounty who, hunter, like a, a super powerful bounty hunter. He's kind of, he's kind of in that Deadpool Wolverine ish yes. where he's like wisecracking, joking. And I say Wolverine cause he's kind of like this amoral tough guy. Yeah. And then Deadpool cause he's like a jokester. And I, I don't yeah. know if he breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool does, but he's, he seems to be sort of commenting on the situation he's in a lot, right? He doesn't necessarily comment on the situation is, but he is sort of like an extremely violent character and almost like a parody of himself, I yeah. would say. And is he a Keith Giffen creation? He is. I think he was created in Omega Men. Okay. But like not too much. And then he shows up here and then shows up in Legion and then gets his, like, his own solo series and then he takes off. And his solo series is bonkers. Yeah. Like he kills Santa Claus and it's, yeah. Uh, his whole character kind of goes nuts. 
But here he's just sort of like a tough guy, bounty hunter. Uh, he's like a biker. Must be uh, fun. He's hired to kill the Justice League. <laughs> okay, yeah. Must be fun to be given a comic book to write and you just put in all your characters. Just be like, you know who's going to guest star? Somebody I made for another comic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, Lobo just seemed to be a thing Keith Giffen was going to keep pushing out there. And now, like, Lobo shows up on the cartoons and stuff, and I got to assume he gets a check. So it worked. Way to go, Giffen. Um, but Lobo shows up. He gets uh, boom-tubed to Earth where he runs into Guy Gardner, <laughs> uh, returning Guy Gardner's jerk personality. Okay. So finally Gardner's um, back. Gardner's been a long time as a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's sort of a jerk for the rest of the series after this. Okay. Um Black Canary quits sort of off panel. Uh, they try to recruit a bunch of people, but they only get Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Everyone gets <laughs> boom tubed to Apocalypse, except for <laughs> Captain Adam, who's left behind again. Oh, poor guy. Um, a huge battle uh, erupts, but Oberon talks to Darkseid, and Darkseid <laughs> sends everybody home. He doesn't want to deal with it. Another Justice League climactic yeah. battle that, that ends with no fighting, just the villain yeah, yeah. gives up. <laughs> there's a huge battle, but there's like no way they can win until Darkseid just shows them and goes, just get out of here. <laughs> I mean, that sucks. If you like go to like the Death Star to like blow it up and Darth Vader completely has you overpowered and almost destroys you. He's like, you know what? Just get out. Just go home. <laughs> like, I, I don't need this. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what happens. Um, that's so funny. Then the, in, then the invasion crossover happens. This is a crossover that Keith Giffen uh, was uh, behind. It was a bunch of aliens kind of getting together and deciding, let's destroy Earth. Earth causes all our problems. Okay. Um, and uh, Earth fights back and wins. And uh, the last thing the aliens do during this invasion is they set off a gene bomb, which is sort of just an excuse for DC Comics to give people changed powers or people who don't have powers or create new characters. Um, and so fire's power gets amped up. She goes from being able to breathe a little bit of fire out of her mouth to being a human torch. Nice. And Max Lord gets the ability to mentally push people. I love it. That's very fitting for him. Um, so he now has the ability to sort of like go into your brain and just nudge it the directions he wants. So he can't make you feel something you weren't going to feel at all. But if, if you had a little hint of jealousy, he could amp that up or something. He couldn't like make Batman a bad guy. Yeah. But he uses it to make Huntress join the team. She doesn't want to join the team and he nudges her so that she says, yeah, I'll, I'd like to be on the team. And she doesn't want to be. Um, um Okay. Uh, lots of other things that I'm skipping past. The Injustice League shows up. Do you remember these guys? Barely. This is Major Disaster, Clock King, Big Sur, Task. No, uh, uh, Clue Master. Clue and, Master. Uh, and then some dude, uh, I forget his name, um, just some guy like in a polo shirt and glasses who was like their hacker. <laughs> they show up for the first time during this invasion crossover and steal a spaceship. Uh, they're like complete screw ups. Yeah. Um, and they get taken down very easily. The Justice League has a big recruitment drive in which the Hawk, Hawkman and Hawkgirl quit, even though they've just joined. I was going to say, like, uh, I feel like if that's the only person they could get to join, Hawkman is the person who hates the new league. Yeah, yeah. So he that's quits like a few issues later. Um, they have this big recruitment league. And in that, they recruit everybody who's in this book we're about to read, Justice League Europe. Okay. It also is an issue where, like, the aliens that uh, that were attacking during an invasion it was like a small group that had been shrunk, 
that Oberon had captured <laughs> get re-enlarged and attack okay. and show up during this recruitment drive and there's like 45 Justice Leaguers waiting for them. So funny. And they just get, like the, the embassy gets trashed as like everybody's trying to destroy these like six guys. Um, so all that happens. That's everything that's happened. We catch up to now where we are now. And this is Justice League Europe. It's a new title. A new team is being set up in Paris, France. Now, also, just like in the world of comic books, Justice League was like a hit, right? Like it's now a very solidly established big title. Like yeah, by the time Justice League so. Europe, I mean, if you spin off a new series, that means you're big. Yeah, they think they can sell two twice titles, as much. You, yeah, you're having two titles. It must be doing well. It is interesting that the artist is Bart Sears, who I like a lot, but is I think also another new artist. Like they didn't have like a big name come on. And yeah, and when they first did Justice League International, maybe they weren't like putting a lot of stock in it and they were just kind of trying it out. Um, but now they know they got something and they still sort of just bring out this dude. Yeah. And when Kevin Maguire leaves Justice League International, they bring in Adam Hughes, who's amazing, but also had only worked on indie books. So like they keep bringing in sort of like maybe it's like new hot artists. Yeah. Maybe like, you know, somebody at DC has an eye on young talent. Maybe Keith Giffen knew of yeah. people that he liked or something like that. I don't know. That's interesting. Somebody uh, write a book on it. Like, they're all they're all good. Um, all these artists. Yeah, I like the art in this issue a lot. Um, yeah, Bart Sears is interesting. I feel like um, when I was reading it when it first came out, I didn't like it as uh, I didn't like it that much. But now when I'm reading it, I really like it a lot. Um, well, it's funny because you know we've read the first twelve of JLI, so we're very accustomed to Kevin McGuire's style. Yeah, and this, of course, is a change of style. And I do think there's always a little. I'm always a little bit put off just by change. Just like no, no, I'm used yeah. to it this other way. And it takes me a little bit to kind of see it through the new lens. but And that did happen here. But he does a lot of cool stuff. He's also good at facial expressions. But he's also he also draws a lot of muscles, I would say. Yeah, he's got really amped up people. They're like, and the shoulder to waist ratio is out of control. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And these people have um, shoulders that I don't think would fit inside of a two-car garage. And they have a waist that I could wrap my thumb and finger around. I mean, they look yeah. somewhat, they look like a... Cyclone. It looks crazy. Um, so uh, that's all the backstory I think we need to launch into this issue, Will. Um, all right. Well, let's see. Uh, I was going to say let's take a break, but we're not, we're not there yet. <laughs> we, we haven't even started. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Cover, Justice League Europe, first issue. Kevin, this is a brand new layout for this cover. I've never seen this before. Right. Uh, that's not true. It's an homage to... Uh, I think that's already been done twice in the Justice League International history, if not three times. Has it already been done three times? Well, it's, it's the, definitely been done it's twice because issue 24 had the one where um, both teams were on the cover and it was like uh, Guy Gardner's like, who let these guys in? And that's Justice League Europe? That uh, Yeah, Justice League Europe is part of it. it. That's the one where like there's just too many... Heroes attacking the aliens is sort of that storyline. But yeah, okay. this is the same thing. Uh, and they're, in fact, Metamorpho, who's in the Guy Gardner pole position, is reading Justice League International 1. Yeah, I love that. So they, they're wearing their homage on their sleeve. Yeah. Um, this might be the first time someone other than Kevin Maguire has drawn this, though. Uh, it's a fun pose. Yeah. Uh, so we got the team. Do you want to talk about the members of this team from the cover, Will? 
Well, I, I don't know much about a lot of these guys. So Metamorpho, I mostly know because I had an album when I was like six that had a song about Metamorpho. Like DC Comics had an album with a bunch of songs. We also had a digest of Origins, and his origin was in there. Yep, I remember that. I remember that very well. Adam was in there, Metamorpho. Yeah. Um, I still know the, stalactites from stalagmites because of the how, Adam story. That's how I know it, from the Adam story. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that so we is have, a ridiculous way to know something. <laughs> but I've never heard anybody else describe it, and it's so smart. Stalactites are from the ceiling because they have a C. Stalagmites come from the ground because they have a G. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's so good, and I never heard anybody else say that. Yeah. I was like, thank you, uh, Adam. Thank you, you shrink the, and teach. Thank you, the Adam. Um, we got the Flash, who I recognize, uh, although this yeah. this is um, uh, not Barry Allen, but it's um, what's the other kid's Wally name? Wally West. Wally West. And yeah. we have Animal Man, who I know very little about, but I recognize mm-hmm. him as Animal Man. We have Captain Adam, a Steve Ditko creation, the inspiration visually at least well, for Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, Steve Ditko redesign. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Steve Ditko redesign. Create the character, yeah. Okay, uh, gosh, I'm unreliable in in, in all aspects. No, it's good. Keep going. Uh, he's a visual inspiration for Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Power Girl, who has insane cleavage. Like, just her costume is like, if you're looking to desexualize female heroes, you could start with Power Girl. She might be a great character and great powers, but it's insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, especially framed up in this photograph. We have uh, Rocket Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dimitri, our friend Dimitri. We have Wonder Woman, who I've never heard of. And then Elongated Man, which is like the kind of giddy, pun-making, pun uh, silly rep- Plastic Man detective. Right. Uh, I should also say Rocket Red is in a new suit of armor here. His suit of armor got destroyed uh, when he went to Apocalypse, and he got, he got a new one from Apocalypse. So this is uh, Apocalyptian armor. They make great suits of armor on Apocalypse. He, he, that's a yeah. great place to go. Uh, yeah, this is Wally West. Uh, Barry Allen died in crisis, and Wally West took over. He is more immature, um, less heroic, though he is quickly growing up in his, uh, his solo title, and it's not really shown here in this book ever. He sort of is locked into his childish I, personality. Yeah. Animal Man is in a... Uh, let's go, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, Animal Man is in a book that's being written by, I think, Grant Morrison already at this point, or always was written by Grant Morrison, um, that it gets really meta. Like, he can, he becomes aware he's in a comic book in that book. That is not... Is that uh, Doom Patrol? Uh, he, uh, Grant Morrison also did Doom Patrol, but uh, Animal Man was like, there's covers of, like, he sees the pencil drawing his feet or something. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's uh, supposed to be great, and I should have read it by now, and I haven't. <laughs> uh, Captain Adam was a a sleeper agent in the Justice League put there by the government, and that got sort of outed somewhere in his own book. Okay. Um, but he's now on the up and up. Good. Um, and Wonder Woman, I think, is only in this issue. <laughs> oh, really? And then she's not in anymore? I, she's barely in this issue, as you know, since you've read it. And I, she's definitely not in the rest of what we'll be covering. And I don't think she comes back until, like, <laughs> Keith so Giffen strange. leaves. That's so strange. I'll also say this. This team is so much more powerful than Justice League in International. Yeah, we've got some serious powers on this team. I mean, just Flash yeah. and Wonder Woman alone is like... Yeah. That's Captain too- Adam, Power Girl, Rocket Red, Flash, and Wonder Woman are all huge powers. Metamorpho is no slouch. 
Uh, he can like become any element, right? He can like change yeah. himself into any of the elements of the periodic table. Like he can, it's he's like a mm-hmm. walking science lesson. He's like, look at me become tungsten. Tungsten yeah. can be used for blah 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 blah. He can also stretch like elongated man, sort of making elongated man redundant. Um, but yeah, he becomes all elements. He becomes gases and liquids and stuff. Uh, and he just he can't look normal. Uh, but yeah, this is a super powerful team. This is a powerhouse group. Like if there was a real threat, a world threat, this is the team you'd want showing up because they have the. The other team is like Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire and Ice. Yeah, you, you Oberon. Know, and they have Guy Gardner and Martian Manhunter. Um, um, but is yeah, that part of what factors you into this book being better? They have more powers. Yeah, I think it's more interest. Uh, it's more interesting to have actually uh, characters that. Uh, could face a real threat to balance the kind of humor of it. Okay. Uh, I feel like when you're reading Justice League, I mean, as we've talked about, the threats have to be handled off screen by somebody else because they can't do it. They don't have the power set to take on Apocalypse. So. So that is, yes, that is a factor. Let's dig in, Will. Let's do it. Um... Okay, splash page. How are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Perry? That's the title. Uh, I've seen a lot of comics with variations in this title. This is like a song or something like that. It's like some lyric from a song. I should. It certainly that. feels like a quote uh, from something because otherwise it's just random. Um, but uh, there's like a Marvel one. Like I think there's like a Spider-Man comic that's like, how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen, you know, NYC or something like that. Or Mysterio. How are you going to keep them down to the farm after they've seen Mysterio's crazy <laughs> practical effects? I'm going to find out where this is from. How are you going to keep them down on the farm? Also, do we really need to keep them down to the farm? Like, is that is that a huge concern? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, oh, this in, is in um, after the they've seen. Uh, how are you going to keep them down to the farm after they've seen Perry is a song title. It's World War thing. Yeah. It's a, after World War I ended, it rose to popularity. Um, and it was the concern that after all these farm boys had gotten drafted into the American army and fought in World War I and been put in Paris, they're not going to want to go back and work on the farms. After the glory of fighting trench warfare? Yeah, after the sexy life of being <laughs> suffering through one of the worst wars in human history, they'll be like, ooh, Paris. Yeah. After mustard gas attacks and, yeah. and climbing over the dead bodies of your uh, yeah, watching all of your, your friends get mates. murdered to to gain an inch of territory for your side when you're suffering from uh, uh, as as of yet undiagnosed PTSD, I don't want to go back to the farm and give up all this and tuberculosis and just all kinds of diseases being passed around the trenches. Yeah, that probably was a real concern. They're probably like, "This is great. I don't want to go back to the farm." Uh, anyway, it's, that's that's what, all terrible, but also baguettes. <laughs> Look at this gelato, they said. <laughs> Guys, don't um, try to make these jokes. If you're listening at home, don't try to make jokes like this. These are professional jokes. These are dangerous jokes to make. You could pull a muscle making these jokes. Kevin, Coming I up tr- hearing Paris and saying, I could re- reference a baguette. Yeah. Not anyone can just do that. Don't even try it. You're in deep yeah. trouble if you try to do it. Um, that's, so that's the splash page. We see that uh, a moving van is moving a bunch of crates and stuff into, i got to say, what a completely beautiful building. Justice League gets amazing real estate for their embassies. Yeah. Uh, uh, they do talk about throughout the series that Justice League Europe, the Paris embassy, is better than the New York embassy. It's in better shape. It's got better equipment. Like the New York embassy is a New York uh, 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 crap hole. 
I see. <laughs> it's sort of falling apart. It's sort of like plywood stairs. And this is like a legit, you know, uh, like Paris, if they're going to have a Justice League team, they're giving them a good building. New York's just like, eh, this one's open. <laughs> and so that's the splash page. People are moving in. And then the second page is kind of like our introduction to Captain Adam. And he's a nervous wreck that he's not up to the job of leading the team. Yeah, he's nervous about leading the team. He's also waiting for something to go wrong because at this point it's been established that the Justice League, things just go wrong. Uh, shuttles crash to the roof. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, security systems get fried. Nothing goes right. I mean, it's a little bit weird that we're seeing them move in because there already was a Paris embassy. So they, they kind yes. of explain that a little bit. Like they're act- they, they say they're refurbishing now to like to kind of upgrade the embassy now yeah. that, but you know, we've seen them move into Paris. So that's strange. And some of these members will live here and some will teleport in just for missions like flash. will who, people who have solo titles don't live here basically. And people who don't rocket red and elongated man are moving in. Okay. Um, captain Adam, I love the way he is drawn. He looks, but he looks sort of like he doesn't belong to the rest of the art. Uh, just cause he's like got blue skin and no pupils. Um, it looks like there's like a bunch of guys moving people in and that's a photograph and standing in front of the photograph is a blue man called Captain Adam. Barton Sears is also, and again, I think he's pretty new at this point, but he gets really big into like almost like drawing like a character off to the side that doesn't have anything to do with the story. And it's just like, this is the main character of the page. So here's just like, here he is looking cool. Uh, that's, he's not quite doing that here, but like definitely with layouts and stuff like that, he is a little more inventive than, uh, like a Kevin Maguire. Yeah. Uh, well, we also meet, um, Catherine Colbert and she is like the Maxwell Lord of Paris sort of, or maybe the Oberon of Paris, but she kind of like runs the, she's like the, the operations manager. Yeah, she's sort of the liaison. Yeah, she's she's not quite Maxwell Lord. Though what ends up happening at some point during the series, after we'll stop covering it, um, Maxwell Lord sits down with Captain Adam, and Captain Adam thinks he's going to be fired because of all the things that have gone wrong. And he's like, there's just too much on your plate. You're going to be like John now. You'll be the field leader, and Catherine will be in charge of the team. And then for the rest of the series, uh, Captain Adam is just happy. Oh, he's just like, he's like, oh, it's all off my shoulders. <laughs> Um, page. And that's a fun, fun twist. Yeah, that he does. He's not insulted by it. Uh, on page three is the shot I was talking about. There's a back. Uh, Captain Adam is talking to Catherine. We're looking over Captain Adam's shoulder, basically, so we can see Captain Adam from behind. And the shoulder to waist ratio in Captain Adam <laughs> yes. is. I mean, I don't think it's anatomically possible, even if you are nuclear powered. I, I will think- say this about Bart Sears, though: if it was just drawing that for the women, you'd be angry. If all the women were like that, if it was just like... If he was um, like making the women like super voluptuous and like crazy, like Barbie proportions and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's doing it for everybody. Everybody is an absurd cartoon character proportions, men and women. All the bodies are kind of superheroed up. I mean, Captain Adam was drawn by Kevin Maguire and he was just a silver dude. And here he is just a He-Man action figure brought to life. I mean, he looks like he could be a sail on a clipper ship. Like... He's, he's just is covering a hugely <laughs> wide area. His torso is, it just looks, it looks nuts to me. Also, also Bart's here kind of gives everyone mullets a little bit. They all have longer hair. 
Uh, I don't know if that was just of the time or Bart Sears' taste, but Captain Adam's hair has grown out since we've last seen him. And yeah, I they all it. they all look like they're sort of in Foreigner or Warrant or like an '80s like power band. They look like they could. The Justice League Europe looks like they could take the stage of like Jets, like giant stadium, <laughs> and just sing "We Will Rock You" and like the crowd would be like, "This looks right. This looks right." Uh, that happens in issue seven. No, I'm oh, just kidding. Great, great. Um, so C- Captain Adam is sharing his insecurity with Catherine, and she assures him that he'll be all right. Uh, there's, like, moving going on all around. Um, yeah. And so we, we now we've met Captain Adam and Catherine, and we kind of move on to Elongated Man and his wife. Yeah, we move on to Elongated Man and Sue, Sue, uh, Sue Dibney, Ralph and Sue Dibney. Uh, and, and Ralph's thing is he is a great detective. I think he was, like... Um, he, he was, uh, there was a long stretch where DC Comics, a lot of the big titles had like the main story and then like a short story backup and Elongated Man, I think was paired with The Flash. Okay. And he was just sort of like a detective who could stretch as well. Yeah. He's not quite plastic, man. He can't disguise himself as things. Yeah. So he just can sort of like make his limbs and neck long and annoying. But he is supposed to be a good detective and like whenever DC does like a collection of like smart detectives, he's always there. Him and Batman and whoever. He's supposed to be as good as, uh, not as good as Batman, but in that league. Okay. No pun intended. Uh, and, he, and he and Sue are happily in love. Right. And that's almost like unique in the superhero world. Because like everybody's always like, you know, lovelorn and, and in emotional yeah. distress. But here we just have a happy married couple. Later on in DC Comics, they will kill Sue and make Ralph become enraged by it. And then I think eventually Ralph dies too. Okay. Um, well, that makes him fit then, in a little bit more. They may or may not be alive again, but, uh, it, you know, they ruin, they ruin all the, the nice parts. And uh, Elongated Man is also a jokester, right? Um, yeah, he's, he, he's such a silly looking character. Uh, I don't know how much of that. I didn't, it's not like I've read a lot of his stories, but everything I've ever seen of him since then, he always is kind of making jokes. So I've always assumed he is sort of a lighthearted character to begin with. He's a perfect fit for a Justice League title. He looks at the Justice League uh, headquarters and he says... This place looks familiar, like something out of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Gee, I hope it has a bell ringer. I love bell ringers. And his wife goes, can't you ever be serious? He goes, sure, I was serious once back in, let me see, 1966. It was a Thursday, I think. That's actually very, like, 40s, like, Thin Man-like dialogue, kind of. Yeah, and I think the Thin Man stuff continues, because then uh, Sue says, why did I marry you? His response, because you're madly in love with me. I thought it was because you were madly in love with me. Oh, that's right. Come to think of it, I am. So it's like, it is very sweet, but it is sort of this back and forth ban- uh, bantering. Yeah. It's very and I, I love it. Mir- Myrna Loy, right? Is Thin Man 30s or 40s? I don't know. But it's like the Thin Man know. Detective series. Oh, there's I think no it was way to 20, find out. I think it was 2019. Tw- you, you think it was a whole year ago? <laughs> yeah, I think it was one year ago. Thin Man, all eight Thin Man movies came out. Um, Thin Man was a novel that came out in 1934 by Dashiell Hammett, who wrote The Maltese Falcon. And let's see, movies. Um, I, there's no way for me to find out. Oh, 1934. Wow, it came out the same year as the novel. Um, so 30s. Wow. Th- Thin Man is they a jumped 30s. jumped on that. Yeah, they got right Great on movie, that. by the way. Um, they're drinking a little you know, too much. Cl- sure, they drink a ton. Uh, their alcohol, their they alcoholism is part of their fun, right? I think, yeah, I think they do stop being alcoholics in one of the movies. They stop drinking eventually. He shows up with a tray of like martinis, like eight of them, and he walks in and he goes, ammunition? This is what he says to her as he's like serving it yeah. or something. They're, they're both drunk 
for f- lots of the movie. Both of them. I, I think it's yeah, like both he's are, a drunk. No, they both are like in a bar. She joins him and he's he's like he's drunk and he's partway, you know, tucked into some drink. And she's like, what number is that for you? He's like, I think three. She's like, I got to catch up. And she like orders two rounds from the waiter, like right there or something. Yeah. That's back when alcoholism was cute. It's a, it's a good time. It was adorable. Yeah. Um, okay. So we meet elongated man and Sue. Now we're going to meet power girl. And I don't know anything about power girl. What's her, what's her deal? I think power girl is an earth two character. Okay. So crisis brought her over. I think she is Supergirl from Earth 2. So she's very powerful then. We're talking like flight and super strength and stuff like that. But I think she's also one of these characters that when the Earths got merged in crisis that some people hate and some people love. Me, Uh I love it. You love Uh, it. They don't know what to do with people like uh, Power Girl and Huntress and some of these characters that are sort of legacy characters. Their legacies don't make sense. Like Huntress is the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. Right. But but you can't do that if they're not married with kids. Yeah, uh, so Huntress, they have to figure out a new thing for Huntress. Power Girl's sort of the same way. She's a grown-up Supergirl. And I think also at this point, um, John Byrne. Oh, you mean DC, she's literally Supergirl? Like she's from Krypton? I believe she is Supergirl. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Uh, Justin Long, email me and tell me. <laughs> he corrects me on everything I get wrong, and so I'm counting on him Okay. to correct me on this. I don't want to look it up. Um, because it's been so long since that's been true of her. And like throughout her, like I only became aware of her in this comic and then throughout this run uh, and other comics and, and, and then after Giffen let leaves, they kind of continue trying to figure out her deal. I think at one point she becomes Atlantean. They just don't oh, yeah. know what to do with her. She's a Kryptonian. She's Superman's cousin in Earth 2. Yeah, which is Supergirl. Supergirl yeah. is Superman's cousin as well. Yeah. So that's her whole deal. Um, but yeah, so she's got Superman powers. At this point in the series, she will get she gets depowered later on in Justice League Europe. Okay, uh, uh, she's still like very powerful, but um, more Golden Age Superman, less Silver Age Superman. Like he can lift a truck, but he's like straining. Yeah, she can't fly. I think she can just like leap tall buildings in a single bound. That's still pretty good. Um, she also it looks like she's being set up to be sort of like wanting to be responsible and a sort of like and. You know, uh, do-gooder superhero, and she lo- we see from her thoughts that she's hoping that by being part of the league, it's going to up her status a little bit. Um, yeah. And- I mean, she is, again, uh, so powerful. She is, you know, as strong as John Jones from the other Justice League. Yeah. She, she shouldn't. I think she also, even if she isn't related to Superman, she still carries a little bit of that, like, well, I should be one of the great heroes on this planet. I need to live up to that. Yeah. Um, she, she spies the flash coming in Wally West. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, the flash, he'll be this decent upstanding hero. I saw an interview with him, but she's thinking about Barry Allen. Right. And Barry and Wally sees her and goes power girl. All right. Now there's a babe. I want to get to know. (laughs) And Wally is a bit much in this series. As much as I love the character, he is a bit, uh, too much of a hound dog character. Just, uh, uh, making, all, you know, obnoxious passes at the superheroes around him. But when I was I 17, still lo- I still love Wally. I love when he was, when I was 17 and the, and these issues or 18 and these issues were coming out. I mean, I still like thought Bruce Willis was hilarious. Like these sort of like mm-hmm. wear it on your sleeve, cad sort of alpha flirtatious 
dude, I just thought it was a riot. So I'm sure I would have been fully on board at the age of 18 with, with Wally West. I mean, there's also something interesting about like, you know, there's all these superheroes. Some of them have got to be obnoxious. Sure. Yeah. They can't all be Superman and good guys. Like it makes sense that some of them would sort of be uh, sexist. I mean, <laughs> I saw the lame. I it's saw like, the boys on Amazon.com, Amazon Prime. Here's a plug for Amazon Prime. Not sponsoring us. Nothing to do with us. Um, I saw the boys now, and uh, they were all. I jerks. just saw Amazon stock went up. Yes, I knew it. Even though we haven't even released the episode, <laughs> just me right. talking about it to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're listening. Alexa caught it, and uh, I did say it into Alexa. I yeah. record this via Alexa. Uh, but yes, um, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a jerk. Uh, and it, it gave him the benefit in his own series of being able to like grow up. Like, there's such great room for growth in this character. Also a DC at some point had a plethora of just like well-behaved people being superheroes. So it's a story wise, it's a plus to have a sort of like jerk in your group. Cause it's going to be fun. Also, if you think about it, Wally West is a career superhero. He's one of the first career superheroes. He's never had a job. He gets these powers when he's a kid, becomes a sidekick. Then Barry dies and he becomes the Flash. All he knows is being a superhero. You're not going to... It's it's like he's like a Hollywood star um, who gets a part just because he's a Hollywood star. It's sort of <laughs> like the lead of the boys on Amazon Prime, who's the son of Dennis Quaid. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching boys and being like, this guy's great. How come it like, it's what a great find. And then I was like, oh, he's the son of a famous person. Yeah. Still good. Still very good. But yeah, he's Homelander. That's how he got the part. No, no. The main kid. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He is great. Yeah. Um, so uh, then we move on from Power Girl on the Flash and we meet Animal Man and Rocket Red. That's right. Dimitri and uh, Buddy, I believe, is uh, Animal Man's. A name and they are they are flying in they didn't take the transport tubes the transport tubes are not up and working uh they're both married with kids and they bond over that a little bit and i think that's sweet uh, got a lot of, got a lot of Demet- family people in justice league europe yeah i mean these guys have kids these are literally family people not just married like uh ralph and sue sort of laying about not increasing population size yeah um, um so they're kind Dimitri's of they're, dropping his uh, uh, Americanisms already, right? That's his like one of his jokes. Yeah. Hokey smokes. What are you worrying for? The league is like family. No prob, he says. Yeah. He's always a big, happy, joyful dude, right? He's a really happy dude. He's a, he's a great breath of fresh air. He loves the team. He loves being a part of it. Um, but he's nervous about being a part of it. He's like, I feel like I... I don't fit in. And he's sort of right. He doesn't fit in. He's from a Vertigo title, basically. Uh, yes. And what are his powers? When he's, I think he can, he can gain the abilities of animals that are near him. So like if there's a bear nearby, he's as strong as a bear. But if there's no bears nearby, he's not. Uh, okay. Yeah. Animal Man. Bernard Buddy Baker. Uh, yeah, he's the ability to temporarily borrow the abilities of animals. Uh, okay. I guess that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not great for a city. I mean, he's basically going to be borrowing uh, pigeons and rats. <laughs> Let me borrow the ability of this pigeon and I will migrate effectively. <laughs> um, okay. So we meet them. And now we and cut, cut, we cut back. back to the embassy and Captain Adam is alone in his office and he's got, he's going through major imposter syndrome. 
Yeah, he's talking to himself about how uh, he doesn't know what to do with it. Why does he have a big office? Why is he in charge of this team? Kevin, before we get into this, I think we should take a break. Sure. Uh, okay. Because we just, we've introduced all the characters, so before we get into the rest of this show, let's take a break. Okay. I was about to suggest that at the end of this page. I, I could sense that, and I wanted to beat you to it. Well, you did it. Great, Yay. great work. Oh, boy, the villain of this piece, Will Hines, wins. I think you're using that word wrong. Wins or villain? I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about, or the format of the show, or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we are back. Now, Kevin. Yes. What were you saying? Captain Adam is talking to Catherine and he's all nervous and something like that? I mean, I think we were both saying that. I don't put that all on me. That's 100% your idea. I never would have said something like that. Um, yeah, she's saying the team's here and they're ready to meet you and he's nervous about it. Uh, and we, uh, we have the first like team meeting. Okay. Team meetings are kind of a staple here in justice league where there's lots of jokes being made and nobody ever Mm -hmm. likes to be in these meetings. They're all grouches. Everyone's sitting around the table, kind of, uh, showing personality with how they sit. They all look fed up. They all look kind of impatient and fed up. An elongated man is just stretching his neck for no reason, I think. Yeah, well, that's his only power. He's doing it all the time. Uh, Yeah, I think they're a little too mean to Captain Adam, mind you. Uh, I don't know why he deserves this, but he shows weakness in front of the team. He shows nervousness and anxiousness, and they leap on it. Yeah, they pounce on it. They start criticizing him, and they, they, uh, they want to know where Wonder Woman is. Dig me and Metamorpho tells an elongated man that he should have been the leader. Uh, and, you know, meanwhile, Captain Adams at the head of the table looking like the cover of a great Queen album, <laughs> do, doing, <laughs> doing his best. I mean, he's a good looking dude. That's a reason enough for him to be in charge. I mean, he's got the hair of a bass player in some charting classic rock band. And I think people should give him some credit. Uh, Maxwell Lord shows up for just a moment. Uh, th- via telescreen mm-hmm. um, to sort of m- greet the team and talk about how great this era for the Justice League is. Almost just sort of to anoint this, like, this is an official Justice League book. Right. Here's Maxwell Lord, the person that you associate in the late 80s with Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we, the meeting ends and people don't have any real questions for Captain Adam. They just want to go, when's, when's our luggage going to get here, says an animal man. Right, And then that night, we're looking at the teleportation tubes, and the tubes have fried Animal uh, Man's luggage. Yeah, they're on fire in the tube, and Captain Adam uh, was expecting things to go wrong and sort of maybe overreact to this somewhat, but, I mean, it is bad. I mean, they're supposed uh, to be transporting people, so when you see the luggage get burnt to a crisp, that would make me nervous. Yeah, uh, Dimitri tries to cheer him up. He's like, uh, but look, my armor came through in one piece. Uh, yeah. And Captain Adam says, your armor was made on Apocalypse. <laughs> Uh, there's a good joke here. There's a lot of Star Trek jokes in Justice League, and I think that gets a little so old. But this next one is a really good one. It is. D- Dimitri says, 
this reminds me of the Star Trek episode where the transporters malfunction and Captain Chekhov is trapped. And Captain Adam interrupts and goes, that's Captain Kirk. And Dimitri goes, not in the USSR. That's really, really funny to think of them like dubbing the episode so that Chekhov is the captain. Yeah, I think that is really fun. There are so many uh, Star Trek jokes. It's uh, unbelievable. I feel like in the 80s, comic books and just like people in general or maybe just like middle-aged dudes loved to make Star Trek jokes and Barry Manilow jokes and John Denver jokes. You know, remember like in Bloom County, they'd make fun of like Barry Manilow and John Denver all the time. I feel like it was like a weird punchline of that decade. Any uh, thoughts? I vaguely remember that. Just say I'm right. Mm, you're right, Well, Thank you. So um, Catherine steps in and says, we have a problem. And Captain Adam is like, yeah, I already know it. And there's a new problem. And the problem is, I think, hilarious. There is a dead man on the front porch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody has walked into the... Uh, so <laughs> someone tells us what happens. Buddy Baker kind of recaps it he goes i was down here when it happened he staggered in collapsed gasped one word and died yeah which is a very dramatic uh, murder a way to die if you're gonna get murdered oh that's the way to do it yeah make make the most out of it uh the one word he said is braces so so mysterious i love it uh and then wonder woman shows up here she is for her we're about to see the entire tenure of Wonder Woman in Justice League Europe in these next couple of pages. Yes, that's right. So she shows up and there's a dead body in the lobby. Um, yep. And we're not going to find out this issue, what's going on. They're basically, the team starts to investigate it, but we just, uh, we're setting up the next couple issues, right? Like, we're not going to find yeah. it. And we're also, and over the next few pages, we also get a little bit of how these characters will interact. Um, we're going to see... Uh, how uh, everyone talks about how they wish they had Barry Allen and not Wally West. Uh, they make fun of a uh, elongated man. Um, uh, you know, Dimitri sort of this good natured loving guy, all that stuff starts to play into it right away. Cool. Yeah. There's good dynamics. Like, so you, this is similar to justice league international, right? You got your jokers like elongated man and Dimitri and flash and a little flash. Bit. And then you have your like quit joking around, which is like power girl uh, probably Wonder Woman would be that way. Maybe Metamorpho. And Captain Adam has sort of slipped into more of a John Jones straight man role. Den, Den Mother is sort of trying to keep the troops together. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit of a thing. I'm Keith Giffen is so funny, but it is like if there's a woman in the panel, she's going to be like, quit joking, you boys. Yeah. Uh, Not with uh, Fire and Ice, actually. With Fire and Ice, it's, but he's better. Fire and Ice get to have some fun. Power Girl becomes like uh, anger. She just is furious all the time, almost too angry. That becomes sort of her thing. That's like Black Canary's thing for a little while. Yeah. She's still more, she seems more fun than Black Canary, maybe just because they had more time to use her. Yeah. Uh, because of this mystery, uh, Elongated Man's nose starts wiggling, which is what he does when there's a mystery. Yeah. He goes, my nose smells a mystery and his nose wiggles a lot because he's elastic. Yeah. And Power Girl says, you know, that's really disgusting. And this is like his trademark thing that he does in all his books. Yeah. Uh, he says, Sue thinks it's cute. And this is a running gag throughout this book that everyone thinks it's gross. But he always thinks, well, Sue likes it. In the last panel on this page, Flash hits on Wonder Woman. You look a little tense, Wonder Woman. Maybe you and I can split a bottle of white wine and talk about it. Yeah. We don't see her response to that. So I guess she said yes. I guess they're married. Um, Captain Adam wants to just leave this to the police. 
Um, uh, an elongated man is furious because he wants to solve this mystery. Uh, then that's where Wally says, look, for whatever reason, Captain Adam's in charge. So if he says leave it to the cops, we do it. And Elongated Man goes, where's Barry Allen when we need him? Which is just the start, just the tip of the iceberg with how Elongated Man's going to treat uh, Wally. And um, outside the embassy in the shadows, there's a man who who seems to be responsible for these problems. Yes. Uh, this problem. They're all in there. It's time for phase two. The Justice League Europe will never get off the ground. And we see this mysterious man in the shadows hold a contraption and press a button on it. Yep. Uh, and then we see Buddy finding out that his... Uh, luggage was destroyed. Captain Adams trying to like talk him down. We'll fly in a spare costume. You'll be all right. What spare costume? He says. <laughs> yeah, he only is the one. Um, and he's like, I shouldn't have joined this team. My wife told me this was a bad idea. I knew I should have listened to her. Um, so this kind of comic relief, a little bit of Captain Adam trying to deal with lost luggage, and then outside, a mob has formed and is storming. The uh, embassy screaming things like Nazi pigs down with the Justice League. Yeah, uh, Buddy responds to that going, Nazi pigs? Which yeah. does seem uh, extreme. It seems kind of a lot. Um, so they're heading down to the front door to find out, and everyone is like really confused. They open the door, and there's just a huge mob pouring into the like front foyer. Yeah, uh, and the team, at this point, their overpowered nature is a problem because these could they can obliterate these people yeah so it's like how do they contain them without hurting them yeah um they get attacked very hard us uh, power girl sort of scoops up like five guys and flies them into the corner to get them out of the way but there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of people i don't think that's the right method no um metamorpho Metamorpho turns himself into a bed sheet and discovers some of them i guess yeah, he just turns into a sheet and covers them up and sort of <laughs> smothers them. Wonder Woman takes what looks like one of Inspector Gadget's arms and like ropes up like a whole crowd of people. I don't know where she gets that from. She's thinking to herself that her she does not have her lasso right now, so that must be as part of her status quo in the book. She may must not have her golden lariat. Um, the Flash sort of windmilling everyone away, and then all of a sudden it just wears off. Cla- classic Justice League. Yeah, they don't. If you wait long enough, the problem just goes away, and so they all just kind of get worn off, and they and they're left one. They don't know what's going on, and the French inspectors. We cut to a little bit later. The French detectives and inspectors don't know what's going on, and then at the end of the issue, we see Captain Adam stand up for himself a little bit. Yeah, there is there is a little bit of an arc to this story. Captain Adam is sort of fed up by this. The cops are basically like, "I hate that the Justice League Europe is here." Um, Elongated man sort of snaps at Captain Adam, and he's had too much. Shut up! And his yeah. eyes flare with what I assume is radioactive energy. Get the others down here fast. And Oberon gets on there and starts saying something, and Captain Adam just barks orders at him. Yeah, Oberon's response is, didn't we wake up on the wrong side of the Atlantic? Yeah. And get the bugs out of the tubes. Anything else, or are you done browbeating me? I'm done. Captain Adam out. Uh, yeah, Flash says when he gets called to the room, you called, oh, fearful leader? And Flash, Ad- one more crack out of you and you're out of here. Do you understand me? Power Girl with the serious, what's the problem, Captain? The problem is somebody's playing games with us, very ugly games, and I intend to find out who and why. So we yep. have a kind of newly impassioned Captain Adam, and that's how we end the issue. Yeah, and then Wonder Woman leaves between issues. Yeah. <laughs> we just never see her, never mentioned. 
You never um, know who's going to be in the league issue to issue. So a couple of the things, I, uh, real quick, a couple of the reasons I think Europe is better. Okay. Um, one is I think it has the advantage of it knows the humor that it's going going for right out of the gate, where I think Justice League International is sort of feeling it out for a few issues. Right. That's an unfair advantage, but Justice League Europe has it. Okay. Uh, it also has, I think, a more powerful team, as we said. So it okay. has this team that you can give like real threats and can do really big super heroic stuff yeah. without trading away the humor of it. You still have Elongated Man and Metamorpho and Flash. You still have a lot of humor. Right. Um on top of that, Bart Sears doesn't really miss many issues, and Kevin McGuire uh, at this time has missed a bunch of issues. Okay. Um, and is almost done. And until Adam Hughes comes on, it's just like the art gets way more inconsistent. And here it's consistent. Whatever you think of Bart Sears, you get him issue in every issue for the most maybe, part. Maybe you maybe you just think Justice League Europe is more consistent than Justice League International. I, I, the the truth is, I mean, Justice League International created this idea. It's like saying, like, oh, I like Batman more than Superman, but it's like, can Batman exist if Superman didn't already exist? To right, some right, right. Uh, but Batman is cooler than Superman. So there's or maybe it's that. like saying you like Captain Marvel more than Superman. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, so uh, there's that's definitely true. But I also think the 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 plots that run through Justice League Europe, and we're gonna see one of them starting uh, that's already started this issue we just don't know it is the bialia plot that's going to come up first was okay. started in justice league international and it continues through justice league europe okay uh and they get they sort of get to play off of a lot of things that were seeded in justice league international all those backup stories with jack-o-lantern that you were like what's the point of these yeah they're resolved here oh interesting okay um and uh so I think that's like they've got these like richer plot lines where Justice League International sort of doesn't have those. Right. Um, they also deal with cooler threats. The extremists is a story we probably won't cover, but uh, the extremists are sort of like the villains from the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Showing up and fighting. Uh, and they're a huge threat and they're really cool. And it's really fun watching how Justice League Europe handles them. Um, they also have a Starro storyline. You know, it's like they have like three or four really big threats between sort of humorous stories where like they take French classes or the embassy gets destroyed by John Cleese. Both those <laughs> things happen. Uh, John Cleese from Faulty Towers destroys their embassy. That's really funny. Um, so like they sort of. Do you mean John Cleese or Basil Faulty? But Basil Faulty. Oh, um, nice. I mean, he's he's not that either. He is. But a Basil faulty analog. Yes. Oh, fun. Um, so, like, they have those humorous things, but they feel like more humorous asides rather than, like, the super heroics feel like the asides to Justice League International. Um, and, like I said, I think um, uh, uh, a lot of these personalities were in place so much earlier that you could have some growth with it. Like, there's moments where Flash and Elongated Man... Like Flash basically gets fed up with Elongated Man picking on him, and you get some growth there. Yeah, uh, much easier. So I think there's a lot of that stuff that happens. What you don't have is you don't have Guy Gardner and Blue Beat, Blue and Gold. Um, you don't have Max Lord. You don't have sort of these guys that were sort of almost like uh, blueprinty of what this comic is. Yeah, uh, but it just it just works. It hums. And like when I was reading through it all again for this podcast. I'd get bored during stretches of Justice League International, and I never got bored during Justice League Europe until uh, it wraps up at the end. Hmm. So it definitely is more consistent, but I also think the highs are higher 
other than like the first year of Justice League International with like with one one punch and Nort's first appearance, some of those things, it's hard to top. Okay. Um, but after that, Justice League International doesn't really have the highs of Justice League Europe. This is why I come to this podcast. I love the the <laughs> deep cut inside takes like that. Uh, what was your favorite part of this issue, Will? The Star Trek joke. I'm making fun of them for making too many Star Trek jokes, but it made me laugh out loud. Uh, great. I think that's a. Uh, I think that's very valid. I. I know it's maybe telegraphed a bit, but I like um, Captain Adam getting fed up at the end. Yeah, that's very satisfying. Um, shut up, uh, uh, and then the next page. Basically, that last page is just really fun, where he's just like putting his foot down, like, "I'm, I'm tired of." Uh, worrying about this. Let's get it done. Um, it makes me excited for the next issue to see like an impassioned Captain Adam. Yeah. He's like his, his running gag in the first 12 issues of Justice League International or first 24 issues was being left behind. So it's nice to see this guy get to do something too. Um, yeah. Um, do we have any email? We have a couple. Great. Um, we need more, so email us. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. That's left over from our first season when we thought we were going to be an all Spider-Man podcast. Uh, so screwitspidey at gmail. You can email us about anything, about Justice League, about comics, um, how you're doing. Let us know. Uh, we also have a Twitter account, screwitcomics, and an Instagram account, screwitcomics. And if you comment there, we'll see it. And then we have two little ancillary things. Screw it recent, which is just the things that my brother Kevin is reading. He's a comics nut. He's crazy. Uh, and he's reading a lot of stuff. And he talks about some notable things there. And also, we still have a Screw It Spidey Instagram. Just for now and then, we put a Spider-Man thing up there. But Screw yeah, It just, Comics and Screw It Spidey at Gmail is the main ones. I just started re- I just started reading slash rereading the Roger Stern era of Spider-Man. It looks crazy. And my plan is to post one post for each issue. Um, so there'll be some activity on Screw It Spidey, uh, at least for a little while. Um, that's fun to do. For me, at least. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing it. Um, great. We have two emails, both from Eric's. Okay. Uh, one's from Eric with a C. He is Dirty Doombot on Instagram. If you uh, follow us on Instagram and see his comments once in a while. I have, that, sounds like fam- that sounds familiar to me. Yeah. Well, he asks, hey, Milk Sops. Nice. Listening to you guys talk about old comic book shops you used to go to got me thinking about comic shop, comic book shop names. They can be incredibly inspired and fun or supremely dull and boring. If you two jointly owned a comic book shop, what would you name it? Ooh. And or what would you name your individual shop? Okay. Um, I mean, I'm tempted to call it Penny Wastes and Milk Sops. <laughs> uh, I think that could be really fun. Would people uh, know that's a comic book shop? Nah, but they'd figure it out. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> such a such a remarkable name. They'd be like, what, what's that about? Oh, it's a comic book shop. Why? You know, <laughs> get the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that'd be one of my pitches. Uh, I could probably think of some other ones. I mean, it, it'd pr- you'd probably be better off going Milk Sops Comics or something. Um yeah, or panty panty waist comic books. Panty waist seems a little. <laughs> I think I'll go with milk sops. Yeah, panty waist almost sounds offensive. It feels like it's veering towards some kind of misogyny or homophobia or yeah. something. I don't know what. So, uh, I'll stick. Um, I'll stick with milk sops comics. Um, maybe there's something else. How about um. How about uh, 
How about Meanwhile Comics? That's nice. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. Meanwhile um, a, a DC Comics thing? Uh, I think that was like their their bullet, bullpen bulletins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or something. It was some book. Yeah, some might, indus- companies did that. Might be a little too first thought, but you could do that. Uh, Eric refers to hey, that shop he went to as a kid was called the Legends of Superheroes. And that name has always stuck with me, he says. Yeah. It's a good name. I mean, Outer Limits Comics is a pretty good name. Yeah, Outer Limits. Yes, I agree. Uh, Cave Comics, the place I ended up going to a lot, is a fine name. It's uh, oh, it's, it's nice on the and nose. It's easy to say. It's easy to remember. It's not a mouthful. It's yeah. like very, it's very functional. Yeah, and I think they uh, they might have been Bat Cave Comics, and then got told they had to change it at some point, or they at least had like bats drawn on the Cave Comics, and maybe were told to take that off or something. Yeah, uh, there's something like that. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know what would I call uh, my comic book shop. Um, Mickey Mouse uh, the Murderer. Comic, Adventures in Comic Book Land. <laughs> um, that's pretty fun. Um, that's pretty kid-friendly. Sounds kid-friendly. I want kids to come to my shop uh, and buy comics and be hooked like me. Yeah. Um, giant Penny Comics. Uh, um, looks like a good Marvel Comics thing. I mean, Fortress of Solitude. That must be a comic shop name. That's got to be. Already. Um, uh, uh yeah, what's a, what's a Marvel Comics thing? Savage Land, um, The Negative Zone. Ooh, Negative Zone Comics is pretty fun. Negative Zone Comics is pretty good. Yeah. You and I might have to do that. Although we should really do a Spider-Man name if we're going to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Negative Zone Comics might be tough to beat. I like that one a lot. But Threat or Menace Comics. That sounds like we're like a communist like, propaganda <laughs> place. Yeah, I was thinking, trying to think of Threat or Comics or something, but I just don't know if that makes enough sense. Um, uh, the uh, Web of Comics. Uh, yeah, that could be pretty fun. Um, comic Book Team Up? No, it's <laughs> Comic Book 2 I, tra- I was trying to think of a team up. Uh, variant cover comics. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, collectors boom <laughs> comics because we're hoping for another collectors boom. Yeah, when Titans clash comics. Um, comic shop of infinite earths. The hoary hosts of comic book shops. <laughs> um, uh, may your comic book shop never tickle. <laughs> um, with great power comes great deals every Wednesday at our comic <laughs> shop. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, there it is. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. <laughs> our comic shop is named basically an advertisement. <laughs> uh, I like the question. I uh, we should give it more, before we open one. We should put more thought into it. No, I think it's better this way. Um, we have one more question uh, email from Eric Tanoi Eric with a K and he has two comments Uh, one you mentioned that JLI doesn't need Maxwell Lord since they already have Bruce Wayne do other people in the JLI know Batman is Bruce Wayne Ooh. If not, uh, if not, is it frustrating for him that everyone else thinks Maxwell is the only super rich genius in the room, while Bruce has to <laughs> pretend he's just middle cl- middle class vigilante in a bat vigilante in a bat suit? That's uh, really they don't funny. know. I don't believe. Um, 
That's so funny if they're like, God, Max Willard, how do you make all that money? And he's sitting there and Bruce is like, well, it's actually pretty easy. You got to manage a certain portion of your investments in bonds and you want to have a certain amount of research and, uh, you know, research and development. And you got to imagine Batman's richer than uh, Maxwell Lord, right? I think so. Especially if he hadn't spent it all on his gadgets, if you know, like yeah, yeah. His, his assets, he must be. Um, yeah, they don't know. I think the, the current Justice League, like Superman knows he's Batman. And I think like the big the big leaguers know. I think Wally finds out at some point he's Bruce Wayne. Uh, this is a great episode of Justice League Unlimited, where um, they have to turn into their secret identities to sneak around because the entire Earth is like under control of somebody. Or uh, I think maybe they're on the evil Earth. It doesn't matter what the reason is. They go into their secret identities, and one of them is nervous about it. Maybe Wally's nervous. And he's like, but. Then we're all going to know each other's secret identities. And Batman just names everybody like he's already figured it all out. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's very fun. Uh, I, like when Lex, I like when Lex Luthor takes over Wally West's body. Yeah. The, this is in the Justice League cartoons. And he's like, and he's in the Flash costume when he assumes control. And he goes up to me and he goes, now to find out the Flash's secret identity. Takes off his mask, looks in the mirror and goes, I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> yeah, because he's just like a kid. It's just, just so guy. funny. Um, but yeah, um, they uh, nowadays they do know. But at this point, secret identities were still uh, well-kept secrets. Uh, and nobody knows. There was also when Robin was in his own team, Young Justice, everybody told their secret identities and Robin wasn't allowed to because Batman forbid it. Uh, It was sort of sad. Like they're all bonding. He's like, I can't tell you who I am because it's not my secret identity I'm giving away. Oh, yeah. Um, But yes, uh, uh, I also don't think Maxwell Lord is a genius. He is super rich. He's not a super rich genius. So uh, uh, in case you're curious, Eric, I don't think Max, Max Lord is uh, clever as what I would say. But Batman, if Batman thinks that he can't tell anybody. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, in, in the issues we skipped when they go to Bialya undercover, Batman disguises himself as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> um, and then they like, they get discovered as that they're actually Justice Leaguers and get, you know, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle get captured and Bruce Wayne and Fire escape. Um, and then he has to show up again as somebody else. So he shows up as Maxwell Lord. <laughs> um, so they're like, oh, Batman was first showed up as Bruce Wayne. Now he's showing up as Maxwell Lord. Um, he only dresses up as billionaires. That's right. I'll dress I up mean, as Jeff Bezos. I think there's a reason to, oh, Jeff Bezos, you mean uh, the guy who does Amazon Prime where you can watch Boys Season 2 <laughs> coming soon. Um, uh, yeah, he, um, well, I think billionaires get into Bialya because they only want money. Uh, Eric has a second comment question, uh-huh. or just a comment. I love the idea that Rocket Red will have the wrong number in an upcoming issue. That was issue 13 of Justice League International, which we skipped. Uh, because a different artist came in and changed it. That would be like a new artist drawing Superman, and for that issue, he has an R on his chest because the artist <laughs> didn't ask if the letter was important. I don't know if that's quite true. Um, like, uh, the number isn't that important to Rocket Red. <laughs> right? It's just like, that's like, the, it's no more important than like the number on an athlete's jersey, which yeah, is sort of important. Yeah. But like, isn't a huge deal. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, Superman's S is his identity. <laughs> it would be very funny if somebody blew the S. Oh, is that what that is? I didn't know the S was for his name. I knew it was a letter. I got that it was the letter S. I just figured it was for, like, I don't know, like, you know, like his serial number or something. <laughs> He's wearing his R suit today, right? That's a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't keep drawing comic books. <laughs> You need to do the bare minimum of research. <laughs> I've never heard of this Superman guy. <laughs> what do you want me to do? G- give me a story with somebody with bigger exposure. Um, that's our episode, Well, We covered uh, issue one of Justice League Europe. And we recapped like 12 issues of Justice League International. I say people got their money's worth this episode. This is, yeah. Yeah. Send your checks to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> our boss. Boss, he he promises to use that money on the next season of the boys. See it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Uh, we got to get cast in that show now. Oh, we would fit in great on the boys. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there is not a fat person in that show. There is not an unattractive person anywhere in that show. So you're saying there's an opening? (laughs) Uh, All right, well, Kevin, I'll see you next episode. Yeah, see you then, Will. Bye. Well, I'll see you before that. Well, audience, I'll see you next episode. Um, bye. I'm not looking at you till then. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Comics. My name is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.